Welcome to Fed Resource Center Podcast, the news you can use. We are proud to announce our new podcast channel for all things on federal benefits. This week in the news, annual leave and sick leave. This seems to be a big question that keeps coming up and sometimes misunderstood on how it actually works. Well, here's something that's interesting. Recently, a proposal to combine federal workers' sick leave and their annual leave has begun to gain traction on Capitol Hill. Yes, I did say that correctly. A proposal to combine federal workers' sick leave and their annual leave. There has been some pushback, of course, from federal workers, but the approach is fairly standard in the private sector. All federal employees are entitled to, of course, both sick leave and annual leave, and the allocation of the annual leave is based on the number of years they have been able to serve at their respective federal agency. For instance, a full-time federal agency is entitled to annual leave or vacation of 13, 20, or 26 days, depending on how long they have been in federal service. Also, a full-time employee is entitled to 13 days of sick leave. However, this does not apply to temporary or part-time federal employees as their days are prorated. Back in May, this is recently, back in May, there was a proposal by the White House Budget to plan to uh, plan to come up with in regards about paid time off by combining the two leaves together. However, it is important to understand and to point out that it is not clear whether there would be a reduction in the total amount or not. According to the follow-up document, the primary objective of the proposal was to reduce the number of leave days that can be carried over from one year to another. Currently, federal employees can accrue as many leave days as possible during a particular year. Of course, we know on the annual leave, we're talking about the 240, use it or lose it. And of course, this proposal they're looking at, it would be to minimize the number of leave days that one can collect in a particular year. However, the proposal does not in any way specify the number of days that, you know, of course, could be reduced. And it is uncertain. As as far as in regards about federal employees, you know, they, they are going to be worried about this new proposal and you should be worried about this new proposal. How is it going to affect when, when we're talking about cutting back on time in regards about the annual leave and sick leave that you've worked so hard toward and the benefits that it brings to the table when they start making readjustments on that? Is it going to be a benefit as far as the career oriented federal employee? It's going to be interesting to see how this is going to pan out. The, of course, the proposal is yet to move to Congress, and that is why some issues are really not apparent. I mean, it's just being thrown out there on the table. After moving to Congress, some of the pending issues will, of course, be ironed out for everyone to understand uh, what the real intentions, of course, are going to be in this new plan. I think we somewhat understand what the new intentions are going to be. may not be happy with them, but I, I, I kind of see the writing on the wall. Some of the issues that need to be made clear, of course, are going to be the number of leave days to be reduced, what would happen if a federal employee leaves the government, and the number of leave days that an employee can carry over from year to year. Most federal employees will not have peace of mind until all these issues have been addressed. That's pretty positive thinking right there. I mean, who would, uh, you, you want some kind of certainty or at least let things be as they are. But then again, we start looking back on all the changes that OPM's trying to, uh, the new direction, I would say, that OPM's trying to go into. It makes you question sometimes uh, the the reasoning behind what they're doing and is it going to be a huge benefit for 
the government side of this or for the federal employee. On the other hand, there are no limits when it comes to accumulation of sick leave. I mean, that's one of the great benefits that we've got. But for individuals that are not eligible for retirement, their sick leave, of course, has no cash value. Now, that gets me back, you know, to some of the questions that keep coming up. I mean, the fact that sick leave is credited as duration served toward a retirement annuity uh, versus a cash distribution. Here's a question that that I continuously get in regards to my annual leave and sick leave. Can I cash out my sick leave? Uh, Can I apply my annual leave to my retirement pension? I I get that question all the time because sometimes it does become confusing. And I tell people the easy way to understand this is your annual leave is cash, cash distribution. Your sick leave goes toward pension. So AL or annual leave, cash distribution. Sick leave goes to your pension. So it becomes applicable toward credible credible service time that's got uh, will be applied toward your time in service. Now, is the annual leave taxable? That becomes another another question. When you cash out. And it's real important sometimes to start thinking about this. When you get ready to retire, when do you retire? Do you retire in June, July, August, September? Do you retire in December? When will you receive your cash distribution on your annual leave? Now, let's take an example. Let's say that you retire December 31st. And you're going to receive what would be your annual leave cash distribution that would come into the following year Uh, it's still taxable but it will lessen the taxable issue on on that year because you're of course going to be earning less because you're going into uh, retirement mode so your pension amount is going to be less than what you were earning as a working federal employee so it's kind of important to start understanding you know sometimes people say well i'm going to leave in october i'm going to leave in november and then all of a sudden that annual leave gets applied back into your overall income and then to make things even more interesting if you take out a cash distribution on your TSP for whatever reason now you've got more income that's going to be a, a, a higher taxable issue so applying the right time to get that annual distribution on your leave is, is really important so make sure you understand that so annual leave is cashed out um, you should also accrue as much sick leave as possible going into retirement um, you also should accrue as much annual leave going into retirement. But a big question becomes on this whole 240, use it or lose it. A lot of people or you know, they're they're thinking that, okay, if I bring over 240 hours uh, and I accrue more time than that, I've got to use it up or I'm going to lose it going into that retirement year. So let me give you an example to make this a little bit easier to understand. If you carry over 240 hours and then you acquire an additional 100 hours this year, let's say you're going to retire this year. So you got 240 that you brought over, you acquired another 100 hours, your annual leave is going to be at 340 hours. That's what's going to get cashed out. That's going to be your cash distribution. So it's key to get that 240 
bringing it in, building it up to 240, bringing it into the uh, projected retirement year, acquiring as much additional time as possible. Why is that important? Because of the cash distribution side of it, you got to look at this. When you go into retirement, you're going to go into what they call an interim period. The interim period is where, and give an example, let's say December 31st, uh, that's your projected retirement day. Going into January 1st, you're actually classified as actively retired. Now, your first checks that are coming to you, what we would call the pension, is actually going to only be a small percentage, anywhere between 60 and 80% of what your normal pension amount is going to be. This time frame, what they're calling the interim pay period, could last between four or five or even six months. It could go up to eight months. Could it be less than four months? Yes, but in preparation, you need to look at between four and six months that you're not going to get 100% of your pension. So taking this annual leave, building it up as much as possible, taking those 240 hours, carrying it over, building up an additional amount of time, that cash distribution on your annual leave is going to help you through that interim period of pay that you would be receiving. So it's real important on when you're talking about planning, planning for retirement, you know, okay, I'm ready to retire. There's a lot of moving components that you need to put in place so that you have a smooth transition from leaving the career, leaving the workforce, going into retirement. I know there's probably a lot more questions that you may have. Uh, feel free to give us a call. Our number is 855-247-5151. You can also email us any questions that you might have at admin at fedresourcecenter.com. This was just a brief overview to kind of cover the annual leave and the sick leave because like I said, so many people have got questions and oftentimes I have, it's it's the same thing. People will say, well, can I cash out my sick leave or can I add my sick leave and my annual leave to my pension? It's real simple. Like I said, just remember annual leave is cash distribution and sick leave goes toward your pension. And another key thing too, let me cover this real quick. On the sick leave, I get this question quite a bit. It, in regards about utilizing the sick leave, let's say you got six months of sick leave. Can you use it to kind of get a, a early out position on retirement? Meaning that uh, you got, give me an example. Let's say you got 19 and a half years of service and you got six months of of sick leave that's built up and you're trying to hit a 20 year mark uh, for a certain credible service time, that sick leave cannot be used for that. Okay, understand that. The sick leave is used for credible service time, but it will not position you to early out uh, in regards about uh, you know, trying to hit a, a milestone on, on in a, an example again, that 20 year frame so that you get a certain percentage or you get the credible service time, or let's say you're trying to meet MRA and, and credible service time. You cannot position that sick leave to make that adjustment. Okay. Sick leave will be credible service time, but you can utilize it to make an adjustment toward uh, your, your time out. 
I'd like to thank you real quick for uh, attending this podcast and look forward uh, the next one will be coming up uh, real soon. Thanks and have a great day.